You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. talking about Echo and the Bunnymen, Crocodiles. On the line, I have Rob. Hey, howdy, howdy, howdy. Ben. Hello. John. Hey. And Kyle. Greetings. Crocodiles is the debut album by the English post-punk band Echo and the Bunnymen. It was released on the 18th of July, 1980 in the UK and on the 17th of December, 1980 in the US. Karova Records. Uh, The producers were David Balfi, Ian Brody and Bill Drummond. And I'm going to read from the book, Mark Blacklock. Heavy with introspective doom and casually cryptic, Crocodiles marked the full-length and major debut album of the weird and wonderful Echo and the Bunnymen, launching them into the alternative music scene. Ian McCullough, Will Sargent, and Les Patterson had been together since an early gig at Liverpool's venue uh, Eric's in 1978, the Pictures on My Wall single on Bill Drummond's Zoo Records had received a rapturous reception in the press, while sessions for DJ John Peel and London gigs brought major label attention. The Bunnymen stood out from the crowd. McCullough's vocal sonorous vocals and cryptic lyrics blended with Sargent's murky, warped, and chopped guitar to produce music steeped in emotion. Their drum machine, dubbed Echo, had been replaced by Peter Furtatus. The album was recorded over three weeks in June 1980 at Rockfield Studios in Wales. Tight, jarring, and urgent, with most songs clocking in in less than three minutes, this was basement music, every number a dark gem. Side one worked its way under the skin slowly, led by the bass and guitar jangles. Stars are stars set up a juxtaposition of despair and optimism that would define the Bunnymen's sound. All right. What do we think of Echo and the Bunnymen? Crocodiles. It's great. Eh. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, when you say something like that and you're alone on an island, Kyle. (laughs) Yeah, I I heard it. I I mean, you know, I I, I appreciate that that you have that sentiment and I would like to understand why. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, I had two other Echo and the Bunnymen records before I before I heard this one. I've never listened to this. Uh, Ocean Rain. Mm -hmm. Classic. Uh, Uh, Killing Moon on it. Is that on one of those two? It's Ocean Ocean Rain. Rain. Okay. Yeah. So I like this a lot. Um, I feel like you guys are a little, you know, wishy-washy on it because of the other three records we listened to. And I feel like this is Ooh. a Battle of the Bands effect. Uh, uh, I don't I don't think so. I, I, I do think so. In recent history, we have had The Cure, though. And it wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. everyone's favorite Cure album. But when you're juxtaposing, like, okay, I, I think we're now solidly in, like, 
goth, right? I mean, we're getting some goth feel. And if you're uh-huh. saying, well, if you've got, yeah, it's psychedelic and you've got cure on, on in the bucket and then you've got echo and the bunny man in the bucket, you know, I, how can you not compare the two? Right. And, that's I would think, and, that's and that's what I was feeling is, okay, well, I've had a, I've had a taste of cure and I know that that's what this genre to a certain extent can sound like. And I, and I prefer more of that angle. Although that being said, I see where a lot of echo and the bunny men, uh, they play against each other where echo and the bunny men are doing some things that the cure I think will later do. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. But, but do them better. John, if you're bringing up that comp, uh, that juxtaposition of these two albums that we've covered recently, I think that I prefer Crocodiles to 17 Seconds. Ooh. Interesting. Okay. Mm. Do you I feel like Crocodiles has more emotion behind it? What What's your preference? Well, th- there's things that I there's things that I really like about Crocodiles, and I've never listened to any full Echo and the Bunnymen album. I really I just know Killing Moon. I think I really liked like the throwback garage rock uh psychedelic stuff that's on this album uh, especially on songs like uh rescue and villiers terrace i like like i love that 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 garagey psych stuff i like that they're mixing it with some like a uh, goth rock uh elements as well for me there just weren't enough songs on this album that stood out to me, I think that the I think that the sound is cool, and I'm interested to hear what this band does in the future. But other than a few songs on this one, I I, I was looking for you know more things that just stuck in my head. I think. Yeah, they don't have hooks. That was one of the things I really yeah. noticed. Is uh, besides was it a uh, Miller's Terrace where he's talking about rolling around, you know, rolling around on the carpet. You know, he says it like twelve times. I. I I couldn't really pull out lyrics um, from the songs. They didn't have a chorus per se. I mean, they do obviously, but it's not one of those repetitive choruses that you might get like Friday, I'm in love or boys don't cry, you know, things like that, that kind of stick with you. So you do have to dive a bit deeper into this. I did find it really interesting. You're talking about the garage rock of the sixties. I had never really connected them with that. Um, you know, bands like love, uh, that were doing a bit of psych garage, um, elements, the electric prunes and garagey elements. I feel like this is a throwback to those, but just twisted into a, a, a sort of a eighties vibe. Also the doors, obviously there's a few songs on this album, like not the whole album. There's a few songs on this album that I feel like if, more of the album sounded like that. Like these guys could be on the same bill as like soft boys as some kind of just like throwback, throwback jangle. But, uh, but they, they're, they're taking it different directions. Like both bands are definitely take, like taking the sounds of their older brothers and, and, and going different ways with them. But, uh, but I see a common thread and I, and I wasn't expecting that. I, I, from what I knew about Echo and the Bunny Men, I was not expecting really any of that garagey jangle stuff. I was happy to get it. I like that stuff. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to hear a song and it remind me of the Cramps listening to Echo and the Bunny Men, but I there was a song or two that I was I was kind of like, oh, that's a little it's a little more like uh <laughs> like the Cramps than I would have ever identified with. Echo and the Bunny Men, to me, I always just you know I lumped them in with the Cure. 
yeah, this is kind of the first time listening to a full album straight through. So yeah, they have a couple that are definitely what I think people call like a rave up, right. You know, yeah. like, uh, mm-hmm. and, and they got edited off of the original UK, uh, release. I think do it clean got edited off. Such which, a bummer. I think, that, that, that yeah. was like, like that do it. Like that's what I couldn't think of it because I don't have it written down because it was not part of the original release. Do it clean. When that song kicked off, that's, that's a rock song. Part of this song it, is this monkeys. That this part sounds like it reminds me of like love. Yeah, it reminds me of the wipers. Rob, I was gonna say that too. I had that written down. Yeah, the wipers or Mission to Burma or sure. Honestly, these are great bands though. Yeah, honestly, in excess a little bit as well. And that's another yeah. thing. We're not getting any in excess in this record. We're getting in this no in excess, none. But we have at least two Echo and the Bunnymen records. And that's fucked up to me because Kick? especially proto echo and the bunny men, like that's I, my issue is not with the music necessarily. Even though if this was a house show, I would be sitting upstairs smoking and drinking a beer in the kitchen while they played in the basement. It's not to say that this music is bad. It's just not my jam. And it's more paint by numbers goth than anything else. And that's not their fault. That's the fault of every other band that came after them that yeah. sounded like them. Yeah. I agree with that. I'd, I'd be in that basement, bro. And I'd, I'd be down there I, swaying side to that. side, <laughs> wearing a liner, smoking cigarettes, <laughs> cloves. <laughs> Even though I'm not saying that this is necessarily my my cup of tea, you've got to respect it. Like it's 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 really good. Uh, Pete DeFratas, like especially on songs like "Happy Death Men," is just destroying those drums. I mean, he's uh-huh, he's crushing uh-huh. it. Uh, they do, like you said, Ben, they have some interesting things that you don't expect from goth. There is a lot more jangle. Like I wouldn't expect any jangle in my goth, but they got, they got jangle on a bunch of tracks. Like when you're one of the first, you get to make the rules. And and maybe that's part of it is that we're looking back at this with eyes that have, like Rob said, it's eyes that have seen where this goes and it becomes rote because they were some of the first. My ears in this genre are ruined by other things. Um, I, 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 absolutely admit that like straight straight up but again i don't like this is not revelatory and i I, as far as a album i should be made to listen to before i'm allowed to shed this mortal coil this is not one of them to me (laughs) i i going off of you know not that not not the just the music but i do find that his lyrics I, i don't identify with his lyrics are pretty weak in my opinion they have i don't know i just don't find them as engaging as some other songwriters and and that is something that i really i I can't get into it's hard to get into a a song some of these that are well done just because the lyrics are 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 not there for me virtue you know what i did find engaging before i found out what the lyric actually was i thought uh villiers terrace was minas tirith 
I thought that he was singing about some Hobbit shit, and I was fucking stoked, and then I was let down. <laughs> let down so hard. Rolling on the floor and chewing up the carpet in Minas Tirith? <laughs> yeah, man. How much cooler is that? <laughs> I don't want to hear about Hitler's brother-in-law. I want to hear about mining the, the too deep and too much. <laughs> okay, Rob, uh, uh, would you agree that this would be good music to uh, roleplay to? Playing some role-playing no. games in, the, in middle school? No, this... <laughs> no, not at all. This is not... This is not my role playing jam. I, I don't know what I, I playing never, I, playing werewolf the masquerade. Motherfucker, I never played riffs. Get out Vampire of here. the masquerade. <laughs> playing gurps. <laughs> is this? Are we getting a glimpse into baby Kyle? <laughs> I mean, Perhaps I've said too much. <laughs> now the only thing that we had as a kid, like playing uh D and D my my brother was in charge of the five disc player I'll have you know and there was uh there was the Empire Strikes Back soundtrack. Wait let me guess the, the dragon soundtrack no no there it was way before that it was Empire Strikes Back a bunch of Metallica records and Def Leppard. That, that was role playing back Solid. in like 1990. But that is that is an important thing like the way that you experience an album a lot of times it's shaped by what you're doing at the time that you're listening to it and how that makes you feel in that moment. And I, I don't know if this music really is, is finding me in this moment. You know, I don't know at what point in my life it would have found me. Maybe, maybe for a lot of folks it found them, you know, when they needed it. But I agree with Birch, you know, like the lyrics don't really develop into anything that I associate with, um, it's not that McCulloch isn't singing with emotion. I mean, he is, he's trying to bring forward, you know, a, what he can on, on his lines. It's just not hitting. He has a very deadpan way of singing too, which is odd for the band. I feel like he has a, almost a David Byrne talking heads delivery. Right. And I, uh, I think that's a, people have compared him to Jim Morrison, which I, I can't really see, but I guess I understand it's a little baritone. Um, well, I, because he can't write lyrics and he sucks. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> is that no. why he got compared to? I think it's because Echo, Echo covered uh, the Doors on that Lost Boys soundtrack. There is one song on here that, I mean, this song sounds a little bit like it. It they do have like a little bit of that. Uh, I don't know, dark psychic psych energy that uh, the Doors were t- tapping into. Um, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, it, it's weird. It is very strange to have this band and they feel like a focal point of a lot of other bands that you're really into. And for me, it was a struggle to, to kind of grasp why this particular set of people who I ultimately should like, they overlap with so many other things I like, why they don't quite get there. Like, uh, the Smiths. Like you said, Wire, who's around this time, you know, Mission to Burma. Yeah, all those things are uh, Susie and the Banshees, The Cure. They're all, you know, bands I identify with. But for some reason, this band just kind of sits right outside of that that level that I'm not a huge fan. I just don't get engaged. So do do any of you guys have any of their other records? I, I can't remember. I mean, I've, I've listened to I, I don't own any. No, but I've listened to their other records. 
I don't own any, and I've never uh, sat and listened to an Echo and the Bunny Man album. Yeah, I mean, this might just not be the, the best record for, you know, the individual. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Maybe not the best representation of the band to, to any, any of yeah, you guys. I'm but, really um, interested, we though. In the get, other ones? We get two more, I think. Okay. Yeah. So we have Ocean Rain and Porcupine? I believe so. Yeah, I think I think that's yeah. what it is. Man, this weird British ass book. <laughs> They're very <laughs> I influential. Mean, again, I mean, it's not it's not boom. bad. It's just not ne- you don't need to put the first season in every time. The first season of The Simpsons wasn't fucking perfect, you know? It sure wasn't. It definitely got better. I think this was a influential and I, I, sort of seminal album though. Yep. I don't have any qualms with the album or the artistry of it. I recognize it, but at the same time, it's like when we ultimately have to decide, you know, how do we feel about it? I'm going to say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put this on. I just, this would be like one of the albums where you have a hundred records and I will, you know, I will not pick that up for years. Every once in a while, maybe, but uh, it just, I will say this, that, the production is great. It like uh-huh. the, the production is wonderful. Do you guys want to know some fun facts about the production? Yes. Because like, I got a couple of things. Okay. So we've got Bill Drummond, and we've got ourselves a uh, David Balfi, and then uh, some other dude. I forget his name. Some uh, uh, his but, name is some dude. But Ian Bill Rowdy. Okay, so all three of those dudes, I'm pretty sure, were in a band called Big in Japan. I don't know if you remember oh, the song Big in Japan. Big in Japan off very, the album. Yeah. Big in Japan. Yes, it's it's quite good. Um, but uh, Bill Drummond was also in the band, uh, the KLF. Kyle, do you remember the KLF? Hell yeah. I do. Okay, yeah. Um, do you guys know, like, I, I think we might be getting KLF later, so this could be, like, stuff we don't need to tread on right now. But the KLF, after they made a shit ton of money, uh, Bill Drummond started a just a, a thing called like a, the K foundation. And they, it, they took all of the money that KLF made and burnt it like a million pounds, pounds. sterling mm-hmm. a, as a fucking, uh, as an art project, like to, as oh. performance art, they burnt all of their money, which I think, uh, they, I would like to see if Chumbawamba did a, uh, their anarcho, uh, <laughs> stylings um is it, but yeah. wait what is is chumbawaba in this damn book no i don't i don't think they are uh, okay, but the, the okay. best thing i found out was that uh so all of them are in big japan but uh david balfi was in a band called uh uh dalek i love you and uh, bill drummond went on to start a band called uh the time lords so they're also <laughs> giant fucking dr who dorks who <laughs> <Yeah>, nice <laughs> i respect that yeah <laughs> i mean it, you would hope that with that kind of influence behind you, they would have written a song about Minas Tirith, you know, and be like, all right, boys, play this one. But <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> it's a fixed point in time, man. Yeah. You can't do it. Can you hear it? The sound of something burning, something changing on the merry-go-round
do like the uh, the cover, the sort of art. It's very reminiscent of, I think, what The Cure were going for at the time. It has a bit of psych. They're- it has a bit of goth going on. Mm-hmm. The just album cover? cover? Yeah, just yeah. In, yeah. in the woods with the sort of weird lights and the title right at the yeah. top there. So in reading about the cover, I heard someone say, probably, you know, after ingesting some substances, that they could see a uh, a bunny's face on the cover. And I can kind of see that. Like if you squint and pull back, you see sort of the two empty spaces between the trees as like eye sockets. And then the trees themselves are the ears. Like, okay, maybe if you're I mean, real if you, high. <laughs> if, you, if you stare at a pack of camels, you can also see uh, a couple of people fucking like <laughs> self. So. Yep, it's in the leg. That's it's true. Leg. Yeah. I, uh, yep. <laughs> I have a theory about that, about the big bunny. And that's that the whoever directed Donnie Darko heard that and decided to put Under a Killing Moon ah. on the soundtrack to mm-hmm. Donnie Darko. And there's a, there's a bunny within the within the movie. Uh, uh, I, he put Killing Moon on there because he couldn't get the rights to the NXS song uh, "Never Tear Us Apart." No, really? Yeah, yeah it was shot. Dire- to, it was shot to "Never Tear Us Apart." Nice on the director's <laughs> cut. "Never Tear Us Apart" is put back in. Really? Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, All right, that, uh, that movie is why I know the song "Killing Moon." <laughs> I think it's why a lot of people know the song so, Killing Moon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back, That's why yeah. I know the song Killing Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Even that dude would have preferred to have an excess in this book. <laughs> I, 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 see, I see where you're saying that they sound similar, Rob, but I think it's it, it's different enough that I would never have associated in excess with Echo and the Bunnymen, except for having heard you say it. You know, like they just, I don't know. I always thought of in excess as being a lot more like an extension of the doors than, yeah. than Echo was. Yeah. Uh, they did have a, a sort of rivalry between uh, their fans and U2 because both bands were sort of rising to stardom at the same era. Uh, but I had no idea that Echo and U2 were <laughs> sort of had a <laughs> fans that would friendly uh, rivals. Friendly who came out on top on that one? I don't know. I don't know who's. Uh, did you get an Echo and the Bunnymen album on your iPhone ten years ago? <laughs> I, sure, I, I sure didn't, Kyle. I sure didn't. Though I would have would have preferred that to the fucking U two album that <laughs> took over my phone like a damn virus. Half that album's really good. I, I can see you know nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty, you know, England. Them not knowing what to do with Echo and the Bunnymen. Do you know who they were opening for in nineteen seventy nine? Madness. <laughs> Oh, and what? bad manners. Yeah. Echo and the Bunny Men got booed off the stage after two songs because they See? were opening for Madness and Bad Manners. <laughs> like more trombone. Yeah, like Oh my god. <laughs> what a what a bad <laughs> mishmash. Saxophone. <laughs> I want to see footage of that. Yeah. Uh this album did go to uh the top 20 in the UK album charts. So it, it did okay. Came out they, they were received well. Um, does anybody know that this took me a surprise because I had always heard that Echo was the drum machine, right? And that's the, that's the common theory, yeah. Until until this album. Uh, right, right. Until this album when they obviously replaced the drum machine. But they said that um, they later stated that Echo uh, was just, that was just a trick to have the press stop asking questions about the band name. It's sort of an in joke yeah. for them to, you know, because they would always get uh, 
I'm sure it's a question they always get. So yeah, invent an answer to get to the next question. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Do you remember their original name? Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> it was not Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, even in the review that Birch read out of the book, they imply that Echo is the drum machine, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's been it's been disproven by the band that Echo had anything to do with the drum machine. It was just some some mate of theirs. Was but it was like, also spread by the band. Oh yes, that's true. But then they <laughs> but then they did and they despread it, unspread it, put it back in the jar, solidified it, froze it back up. Can't do it. All right, what do we can't, think? Can't un- Butters don't spread. Can't unspread the butter. <laughs> what do we think? I like this album I mean, a whole bunch. Yeah, you going positive there? Positive. Kyle? I'm going positive. I like this album a medium amount. I'm going neutral. I would like to hear more from this band. Yeah. But I don't know if I want to hear as much more from this band as this book is deciding I will hear. Okay. Here we'll be. <laughs> I'm, on that same, I'm on that same tip, at least for now with Echo and the Bunnymen, that I'm, I'm neutral as to this album. It's It's got interesting stuff. It's got stuff that I think other bands will steal, you know, like bass and xylophone and, you know, little, little drips and drops here that, you know, others will say, Oh, that sounds great. Let's, let's see what we can do with it. And they do it in a way that I like, like um, close to me by the cure, I think is probably derivative of pride to a certain extent on this album. But that being said, I don't like this album enough to go positive. It's fine, but neutral because I don't, I'll, I'll never, I'll never listen to this record again. But I mean, if this is your jam, it's your jam. Yeah, I think I think I'm on the same. I think I'm right there with everybody else. I I felt very, yeah, it's okay. Uh, I think there's a couple songs that I could probably pull off, put on mixtape. It'd be a uh, be good. But uh, overall, as an album, it, yeah, like you said, if I'm not gonna go back and uh, dig in some more, then probably just neutral. Some good stuff. What's, uh, though. what's some of your mixtape? What's, what's some of your mixtape faves on this? Kind of like pull? all that jazz. Yeah. <laughs> all that jazz is it's good. The cleanest ringingest guitar on the album yeah. on that track, for sure. Yeah. Crocodiles is a banger. That Crocodiles is a banger. Too. Yeah. I like Do It Clean, even Do though it's not good. really technically yeah. on the album. Would yeah. you guys like a uh, English slang uh, lesson? Because a lot of times yes. when I'm listening to these albums, this is what I've been appreciating. We've gotten a lot of like, lyrics that sometimes have like a, a cockney rhyming slang or something in there I'd never heard before. And I'm like, what does this mean? So in the song monkeys, uh, one of the lyrics is all bagsy yours, you bagsy mine. Do you know what bagsy means? I'd never heard it. It's like dibs or shotgun. So oh. if you were at like the lunch table with your mates and one of them pulls out a fruit cup and they don't want it. And somebody's like, Oh, bagsy I'm bagsying that fruit cup. Mm. They, they've dipped. It. They've taken it. So ah. That's your little lesson for the day. Nice. Dibs. All right. Next time we'll be talking about Motorhead, Ace of Spades. All right. Thanks, y'all. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. <laughs>